Hello and welcome to Motor Cult episode 46. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hello. Hi there. It is um, officially the hottest day we've ever done a podcast here. Yeah, it, in the middle of September. Yeah, I've never had both doors shut and the fans running inside. This always, is true. Always the doors are open, yeah. but it's 8 or 9 degrees hotter outside. <laughs> it's it's quite bad. So It's, uh, it's really terrible. Checkmate so. global warming deniers. But <laughs> we have icy cold beer. Of course it's we are. quickly warming up. Well, I'd give you a koozie, I thought. Oh, there's a koozie right there. No, it's not a matter of the koozie. It's just a matter of the atmosphere. Oh, if you, okay. have, if you have an ice-cold beer and you're on the surface of the sun, it's going to get hot real quick. That's true, but you could stem the temperature increase by using a koozie, which is on the table. I mean, you look way fancier, too. So, Koozie at, and fancy. Okay. Y- yep. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so we're drinking Dordies. Nothing special. We, did, we haven't done a new fancy beer in a while just because we did a bunch of fancy beers at the beginning of Motor Cult Podcast, and... Just haven't gone beer shopping, so... Yeah, basically. It's a good um, drinkable standby on a very, very hot day. Yes, and actually, you know, speaking of beer mm-hmm. and today, today was uh, the Oktoberfest car show at the other Motorplex. Indeed, the new Medina location. They did that have beer, is... but you had to go wait in line to buy a ticket and then go wait in another line to exchange that ticket for a beer. So very few people had beers. Yeah, it was kind of a bum show. I that think. show, um, yeah, it, I wasn't terribly impressed right. when it was down here at Chanhas, and it was pretty great. Yeah, no, I loved it down here, but it's uh, no that 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 I think that location. Uh, you know, we've we've said before in the podcast, yeah. we've been talking with Scott and everything that the location of the show matters in the actual cars, of course. And that is a perfect example because that was yep. about as awful as a location as, and that. it was pretty well attended too. Right when I got there, like it was, it was swarming. But like the the rate at which people get bored and leave, and you have to attribute a little bit of that to the heat, but not much. It, it was at nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Like by noon, it was getting to a point where it was kind of uncomfortable. Right. But like nine o'clock in the morning, it was perfect. It was fine. And the show was nine to noon, and by the time I left at eleven something, yeah, about eleven fifteen. That's when we arrived. Pretty much it was, done. Yeah, it was a you know some of those things. Well, I mean, the, you know, the rule of thumb whenever you go to a show. Is if the show says it's nine to noon, yeah, it really is nine to like ten forty five, eleven, right? Like any show. And I was gonna say it's probably more like eight thirty or eight yeah. to whatever at the end. Too. Yeah, it's you, people come, come super early. Yeah, for exactly. Show. Come early, leave early. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that show sounds we, like a personal problem. That, 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 <laughs> <laughs> that show, but no, I think you know it had some cool stuff like. There was a, well, it had great cars. There it was a 959 and had a Z8. Did you see the uh, the green, I think it was a 380 SL manual with AMG wheels? No, actually. It was an R107 with manual. That's pretty very cool. Very cool. Yeah, 380 um, manuals are super rare. Yeah, and then there was a uh, there were two very, very cool Audi Quattro Coupes. Yep, I saw the yellow yep. one. The yellow one and there's a white one next to it. Okay, that one wasn't there when I got there. <laughs> okay, yeah, there's a white one next to it later on. There was a... Uh, the really pretty black M5 with almost like a John Player special livery because it had like the gold pinstripe on it. That yep. looked really good. That one I was actually at Light Up the Night, too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I like that a lot. And uh, yeah, that was about it for what was there that was really jazzing. Jana was like really about a uh, a Z8 that was there. She, she I really love likes the Z8. those. Yeah. I think after Car Week, she like decided that's her favorite Z car, probably. They're BMW Z car. Like Carmen Gia. She, yeah, she said it looks like Carmen Gia, yeah. It, 
It kind of does, actually. I get it. Like, the front end, you know, the, the super yeah, pointy front end. Like, I, could, I, I could see that. She said that at first. I'm like, and then when we left, that was behind me in traffic. I'm like, Ooh. I see that. I, yeah. I can get it. There's also McLaren whatever, yeah, which we I were, don't care about. I met up with a, a ton of people out there, and uh, we were standing right across from the McLaren, because that's where um, Harold was parked when he was there Yeah, with his 928, which was lovely. And everyone was just cracking jokes, like, I didn't know McLaren was German. And then I had, like, uh, air conditioning condensate dripping from underneath it. I'm like, ooh, looks like it's leaking coolant. That's typical German build quality there. <laughs> I don't know. It was super weird to see a McLaren at a German car it, show. It, it's funny, like, months after car week, I'm still, like, I cannot even give a shit about, America, about see, McLaren. I know how technically capable those cars are, and I appreciate that. But I also, I mean, even from the get-go with the MP412C, the new-gen McLarens, I'm just they, like, they I just don't care. Yeah, they don't do it for me. No. Like it, yeah. If you want to have a a really good time at a track, that's a good car. But just other than that, just stay away from me. Yeah, I was really upset because it was blocking the view of all the cool cars leaving behind us. I was yeah. like, this is too big. I can't see anything. And it wasn't even like so. Sometimes I just let supercars like be because they have some really cool colors. Sure. And that's like fun. I like seeing all the fun colors. But, but this you can one, tell that the owner of that car is like banking on the fact that most people are like, oh, well, it's a supercar. I guess we'll let it in. Yeah. And it was just this blue that you would see on new, like, a like a brand Chevy new Cobalt. Volkswagen. Yeah. Chevy Cobalt. Like it was just this such basic blue. It wasn't even like a world rally blue. I hope that the color is actually called basic blue. It basically is. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> nothing special. It was like the blue of your lift. It was just like yeah, such a typical yeah, blue. the rotary lift blue. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It, for the for the audio listeners, in fact, for every listener really, it is yeah, just picture a rotary lift. Yeah, you take you know away the, the yellow brand, and there the you brand go. Rotary lift. It's that color blue. Uh, yep. Um, <laughs> no, really, the, the people that own those like the McLaren five seventies or whatever they are. Yeah. It's like the same group of people that used to own Ferrari three sixties. Yep. And have like their dad probably owns like a C5 or a C6 Corvette. And then their like lawyer brother probably has like a 997 like automatic. I picture mid to late forties and up uh, really washed out tight belted, but too large of waisted jeans yep. with white tennis shoes, a t-shirt and some glasses. Yep. That's who I picture the average McLaren owner as being. I, I, I imagine them to be like, um, they're probably younger, but they're more like, they they care more about like flexing on people oh, yeah. than they do. Because I wonder if like. There's Ma- probably two different demographics. I wonder, I honestly, I really wonder if McLaren has like some like lucrative financing or something. Like sub, not not subprime, you know what I mean? No, but, but like, like, like more affordable financing. Special financing. Like, there has to be like some sort of financing deal because there's no way that they're. It's not that good of a car. No, and, but like, uh, yeah, it, like if they got the financing, like that's sixteen hundred dollars a month. The Audi R8, that's another car. Yeah, that's well, that, those you can it, straight up buy for like not that much. But I mean, like that's the thing is like the McLaren. Like it, it, at this point, it's just taken like it, it's the replacement for the R8s and three sixties, and you know the the ones where if you see it in traffic on a normal day, yeah. you're like that's cool. You go to a car show and you literally cannot care. Yeah, because I walked past that. I, I walked past that McLaren without even batting an eyelash yeah um i walked I, past those like i walked past nissan maximas yeah it, but then i saw i saw a 930 speedster and i saw a uh mark one rabbit gti that actually got me excited like yeah, those are cool yeah because you don't see them every car show yeah like, and they're german yeah it's true but i mean i think more importantly it's it's just the fact that you don't see them everywhere yeah but yeah i think i, I think um 
Yeah, this show was, I guess it was alright. It wasn't as good as last, as last year's. I don't really want to fault the organizers too much. I no. mean, they had all the elements that they've always had down here. But it's just the location. Venue, it was 100% location. I mean, you, you get into, like, the the completed aisle or whatever. I'm like, oh, this is fine. Nice quality buildings, whatever. And then you look to your right, and there's a dirty 500 field. feet of flat elevation and then corn. Yeah. And I was telling... It's uh, like when we went to Harold that Cars and, and Coffee. Jake. It's like when we went to that Cars and Coffee in Kansas or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's. I, I honestly think it's less flat in Kansas. Which is that's saying something. actually true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually like the Stonegate Motor Plaza layout better. I just don't ever want to go back. But up. I was telling the people that I was with. I mean, the the main reason I, I'm not going to say I dislike the uh, Medina facility. Um, because I'm glad it's there. I mean, it's it's more it's high-end a, car garages. Yeah, and the garages are beautiful. Oh, but they are. I mean, the people that got lured out there earlier are the big money. They're the people that just like, oh, let's just do this and throw a bunch of money into it. Or they're the people that live geographically really close to there, yeah. which I get. But the area around there is not protected land. That's going to get turned into high-density housing. It just will happen because yeah. it's happening like crazy out there. Mm-hmm. So and in 10 years' time, when all of that is developed townhomes... You're going to have nothing to look at except the kids riding their bikes. You're going to have really cranky neighbors yep. just filing noise complaints like crazy. And your property values are, well, I don't know if it's really going to diminish from that. Probably not. But just like, I don't, no, I don't just, want that. When I look out the window here, I see nothing but wetland, which legally cannot be built on and forever. Which is great. And yeah. I mean, it would be stupid to build on wetland right. anyway. You're right. Oh, yeah, of course. You'd have to put pilings like 75 feet deep just to make just, it stand. Just look at Mexico City. Yeah. Uh, Badoom. Yeah, no, actually, Mexico City has a really serious problem with like all their buildings falling so over. So does LA. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I just, I know, in, if I still have this unit, hopefully I do, like 50 years from now, that view will be identical mm-hmm. to what it is right now. Yeah. I and think it's th- an awesome view. Yeah, it's a great view. The, the Medina location, it just doesn't do it for me. Um, I mean, like, I feel like you can build something like that in a more urbanized or even suburban area. Yeah. But I just, I, I think that it just doesn't work there. It's just, it, it doesn't do it for me. It feels like, like they had a plan set up for a really nice facility, and then they just found some land somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly how it feels. It's not a very special location It's not a deliberate location choice. No. It just it's, isn't. It, it, it's Maybe really, they built it there because it's so close to Medicine Lake, and there's a lot of money around well, there. And that's why Bruno was trying to lure my dad into buying a unit yeah. out there to store his boat. Did, um, Perfect. I was wondering. Not it, doing it. Are the locations there slightly cheaper or much more expensive? More expensive. Uh, you guys were walking through, so you, yeah. uh, like the the single garage door, single deep units. Yeah. yeah. One of those unfinished is three hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. That's almost twice as much. That's twenty five grand more than yeah. we spent for That's this one. Like three well, I mean, how much? And this is finished. Yeah. Parents' house. It's more than twice what I spent in my house. Yeah. That's, so is this? Well, actually, yeah. this is almost exactly. That, twice. That's one hundred percent not worth it. No, and you have to finish it. After no, that, that's really I mean, not they, worth but it. But they are bigger. I mean, one of those single-single units I mean, I is get that. the same square footage as this, basically. This is 1,920 square feet here. Well, y- you know, like, I don't know. I look at it this way. You know what's bigger and more expensive than something else? What? A fully-loaded Toyota Sienna is bigger and more expensive than a Toyota FRS or BRZ. Oh, my God. And actually, that was a completely... I did not mean to make that to a segue, but as I say, <laughs> well, uh, well, we could rearrange this if you want to. Use <laughs> no, it as no, a segue. I, I mean, I, I, I guess we, 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 we could if you want, but I, I want to talk about, I want to talk me. about your dealership experiences first. Well, I mean, but, it doesn't really matter. You can, you can go right on to BRZ. I can touch. Well, on that no, no, it's, it's totally okay. But I, I want to say it's one of those things where 
bigger and more expensive is not always better. Right. Because, yeah, you can get bigger and better, but if you're in an area where you have nothing to look at and it's really not that special, like, yeah. I would much rather, you know, I, I would rather own a smaller house. That's the thing. And, like, on a California Canyon Road yeah. than I would to have a giant mansion in the middle of Nebraska. It's like buying a brand new cookie cutter 3,000 square foot home for yep. 150 grand in Medina versus buying a 110 year old slightly exactly. smaller home in a built out characterized population dense good access neighborhood yeah. of St. Yeah. Paul. That that's exactly what it is. It, it really is sad. Medina it's, is very much the suburban mentality and unfortunately or fortunately for them that's that's who are is buying out there. I mean they're the no, people it's, that I mean, it's good bought for them. those I, houses. I'm happy that they have more garages like this. And yeah. I feel there is a there, there, there is a market for people like that. Absolutely, just, I'm they not, will sell. I'm not, I'm not, the, I'm not that market. And but how do you, how do you think? Okay, there's a question. In ten years' time, when that place is fully sold out, fully built out, what do you think is going to happen to like the that place for car shows? Do you think people are going to go out of their way to host shows there no, over no, here? No, absolutely not. Do you no. think their property values are going to go up at the same rate as no. they will here? No, I don't no, think so. Either no, but I mean, like that's just how Medina is. But I mean, that's the thing is. <laughs> there are there is a market for people that live in, in Medina. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, that's it's just close what to like Minnetonka too. I mean, it, it, to Orono yeah. and stuff. Like it's pretty close. I, I get I, it. That's gonna be like for somebody that lives in Buffalo or something. If they have a classic mm-hmm. car they want to store, Medina's be perfect for them. Yep. But I don't know. It's just not, not for me. The world needs I think more it's motorplexes. A good location for a motorplex for the people that live out there, but yeah. it's not a good location for car shows. Right. Or yeah, for what it's being touted as, yeah. which is the new motorplex. Like no, 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 it's just the regional one for those people. Yeah. yeah. That's it, exactly that. Like, one of the things that I look at when there's a location for, um, you know, a car show, like, one of the reasons why I like it here is when you drive in, you cannot see every car from the spectator parking. You have to walk around in order to see the cars. That's the thing. It was almost overwhelming driving into the the show today. I'm like, yeah. ooh, I better park in spectator because I could see... I mean, there, are, there aren't that many. Spaces. What, what I like about every car there, what yeah. I like about this location is every corner you turn when you're going to a car show here, there's yeah. something new to see. Yeah, like, like I remember the fire back, truck on our way in. Yeah, yeah, there is a very lovely vintage fire truck parked outside. But it, right it was there. like it's like during Cars and Coffee when it was actually hosted here. It's yeah. like I'll turn a corner and then oh, there's Mercedes 500E, and then I'll turn another corner and it's like a Mitsubishi GTO Spider. It's then, like miniature brand specific car shows all together. Yeah, yes. I think that's I think it's really cool. And, and I, they they and Medina will get better because right now it's oh like yeah. it's like twenty percent built out, so you can see everything. Eventually, yeah. that won't be the case. I mean, you will have to. Walk I feel like it will get it. better. I'm it not. Will I'm not gonna get better. Yeah, I'm not gonna blast them, but the mm. again the build out and how they laid it out is really good. It is, but like the, the the like, just throw a dart at a map land placement that kind of irks me. Yeah, that's exactly because Medina what it is. has a lot of good rolling hill land. Like you could have built something really beautiful, like seven yeah. or eight blocks further off the highway. Oh yeah, because like yeah. where your parents live, like, it bunch has of some really interesting yeah. area. Well, like, that, that's we that's me- that's medicine. Oh, that's technically well, still, medicine it's, link, but, but it's it's eleven miles from there. I mean, it's geographically in the grand scheme of things, it's close. Yeah, yeah. what Burger said is true because back when uh, when I was driving the IX, yeah, um, yeah, we we drove back. We took the back roads. Yeah, we took we took some back roads, and, that, and a lot of the roads really are like that. actually really good driving roads. So like that would be a that's a very very cool area. Right, even back where we took that turn onto the gravel road, like uh, that would have been way better. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's uh, way cooler. Free range chicken farms, which are really fun. 
channel extra comes. Uh, you know, I hadn't put two and two together, <laughs> so I'm glad you said something. So, Burger, tell me yep. about tell me about dealership experience, okay. experiences. Throwing together stuff, just going through it. So, this last week, I've dealt with two independent dealers, and it just it, it made me want to talk about it a little bit. So, have you guys ever bought a car from a dealer? Yes. Well, I mean, Sorry. you worked for one, so yeah. it's kind of so, the other side. But yeah, what, but you've talked to I, a lot of dealers. Well, the thing is, when when I bought a car from a dealer, yeah, although I worked at a dealer. It was from our sister's store, so I was okay. still technically just a customer. Did you have to deal with a, a salesman? Kind of. Okay. Yeah, I deal with a sales manager. But so I have been to a lot of dealerships ooh. with people buying cars, but I have not personally bought a I car did, from a dealership. But, still, but I've experienced. The, I got very close to buying Yaris. Oh okay. yeah, except for it, it was a we'll terrible, terrible sales. Tell your story first, and okay. then we'll tell you. Well, I mean, I, I, I have stories too, but like this week, okay. So I've been. Shopping for an E39 BMW M5. 2000 to 2003 M5. Makes just sense. to add to the collection. No, it makes sense with Great with car. with how they are in the market. Like, right. I would they're, hunt, they're if they're I had money to for one, I would yeah. totally pick one up right now. So I ended up buying one, not from a dealer. But the main reason I didn't buy one from a dealer, my number one contender car that I was planning to buy was at a dealership in Michigan. And after phone calls, text messages, and emails, the guy got slowly more and more unresponsive. And he just, he refused to take, like, a video of it being started in the morning cold. Just, like, I like I need oh, to know what? that to know if the engine needs, like, Vano stuff and all that kind of stuff. He's like, oh, sure, no problem. And then doesn't do it. So, I, eventually, he just stopped responding to me. I'm like, well, I guess I'll go on to choice two, which was a private party. When I dealt with the private party, he responded to every one of my messages. Mm -hmm. He sent me every photo and video I requested. He allowed my friend to come check it out and drive it. And he's really easy to deal with as far as just negotiating price yeah so the last time i had a, like a truly good dealership experience was probably either the fj mm -hmm. or the ferrari those were the only two times i actually had a salesman that was with me from initial inquiry to time of purchase mm -hmm. actually sent me the information i wanted and was willing to barter every other time it's hard to get a hold of a person you get handed off to somebody else they can't barter when you get there, asking ahead of time if all of your paperwork is done so it's a quick in and out and it becomes a three-hour pickup ordeal. It's just like, why does anyone buy a car from a dealer? So, all right, this is the thing. Coming from a dealership pers perspective, there's a few things I want to lay out here. Okay. As a salesperson, fuck bartering. bartering. If I have a customer at Butters, I will actively try to find anybody else to work with. It's not anything against you or the person at Butters. I just come at it with I, my price. I barter as well, mm -hmm. but I don't want to waste my time. When I can find somebody... That will get me my the money I'm gonna make from that sure. sale. But do you just go ahead and tell that person like we don't bargain? Yeah, I do. That's fine. Yeah, my my dealer people don't tell me this. Yeah, no, I I, I do straight up. Like, and that's Maury's thing. Too. Yeah, that like, right. It, you walk into Maury's, you know that yeah. you're not bar. And that that's it actually says it in pretty clear. Th print. That is <laughs> part of why I started when, when I decided I wanted to try out car sales. Yeah, that's how I went to Maury's. Sure, because they didn't barter. Um, but yeah, the first off is that. Second off, um, I mean, coming from the salesperson's perspective, you're a dude from out of state. Yeah. You're probably just yanking his chain. Like, I can get where he's coming from. Because I've had a few situations like that. Right. And I'm not on that side of the I, equation, I had, so I don't know two, how many I had Collins are. Yeah, I had two people that were in your situation. I helped sure. out. Both of them ghosted me. So it's like... Did Most they start the off with like a, hey, is this available? Or did they start off with a laundry list of laundry really list. specific there questions? two people with laundry list hmm. questions. Um... One was on a, a Golf R. Okay. And then the other one was on 
some weird oh it was a um it was a legacy gt uh wagon with a manual nice so both those people started out being really honest as 100 percent you know legit with them i answered all their questions did everything i could sent them videos and everything ghosted mm-hmm. me hmm. great so that i get where that salesperson's coming from that oh no it wasn't legacy gt it was actually a suzuki um sx4 okay with a manual I gotcha. So it's actually a pretty very, uncommon yeah, car. Yeah, very uncommon, very cool. Um, but yeah, no, both those people ended up ghosting me. It's just, it's one of those things as a salesperson. Well, I mean, I like, get it's it a whole nother world. From both perspectives. God, whole nother. But anyway, um, but no, back. But they're probably ca- talking to like 10 dealers. Yeah. And that, yeah, Same that's the questions. thing. Yeah. And so I get it on both sides. I do. How, however, as but a how car salesperson. It, yeah. You you gotta do that. Like that's why I quit doing that because I didn't want to do that crap. Like, well, I mean, how not... does a private party seller handle that? Is it just because a as a, a dealership sales rep, you have to do it for a bunch of cars all well, at the same well, time? Yeah, basically. While you're while you're dealing with this guy's got eight trillion questions to get this one car sale where you're gonna make like it's a used kind of budget car to them. Yeah, like they're gonna make say 150 bucks off that car sale. Sure. And then you got people walking in the door that want to buy a brand new car and they're going to finance and they're yeah. going to get the rust proofing and they're going to do all this shit. You got to get that true quote. And, and then suddenly oh, they that at the factory. Suddenly your $150 payment that you're getting from yeah. this, this guy that's, you know, making you bust your balls. Yeah. You, you're going to, you're going to let that guy, you know, sit and sit and spin for a minute while you help this other person out that you're going to get $550. But that's it. like a bigger dealership conglomerate mentality. That's any dealership, dude. Small like, dealerships aren't small dealer. Small dealers are even like worse. Cause then you're paid off of commission entirely. Yeah, but they also usually buy auction cars. That's true. But I mean, still that's the thing is like you're going to small dealerships. They pay worse. To be honest, they do, but they also pay way less for their vehicles, so their yeah. margin has a lot more room to work. Yeah, and that doesn't affect the salesperson at all, right? So that salesperson, they get they're gonna get paid a, a certain commission based off right. the car, and that dealership, yeah, they will make more they will make sure. more money. But, but I feel like if you offer like a legitimate short sale, like, like I'm gonna ask you the questions, I'm gonna. Basically, tell you straight up that like I'm very interested in the car. I just want the answers to these questions, and then I, I do I will have to pay less to buy your car than you're asking. Yeah. And if the person just says sorry, we don't buy it, then I move on. It's fine. But like trying to get that stuff out of the way so you're not wasting either party's time is pretty much impossible. I sold a um, I sold a out like a GC like a '98 or so Outback Sport, so okay. the a lifted up yep. Impreza wagon. Also and uncommon. Very very cool car, manual as well. And no, I had a person like you, and this is one where he was local though. Hmm. He's coming from like, like I think Waverly or something. Sure. And he had like eight hundred questions. I'm like, first off, we don't barter. Here's a video of the car running. Here's here it is driving. Here's the spots where there's rust. Here's the spots where it normally rusts, where it's not rusty. There you go. It's X amount of money, take it or leave it. Our sales tax is this. It might change based off being in a different county. I don't know what your credit rating is, yep. so I don't know what you're gonna be paying. Um, but this is this is how it looks. You're gonna have to expect to spend about three or four hours in financing because there is also just legal shit that gets in the way. We have to yeah. do a background check on you. you have to do no, all with other financing, things. absolutely. So with that, with, with I that guy, anticipate. he was like, "All right, cool." Came by the next day, picked it up, and like I knew how, I knew what to expect. He knew yep. what to expect. Yep. You really have to set expectations as a salesperson. With That's financing, like, it's so tough yeah. to like tell people ahead of time what to expect, though. 
I mean, I'm a cash buyer, so I never have that worry. Yeah. And like, I think dealers sometimes appreciate that, but like, you, you when get, I you buy get, a you car, get more money um, as a cash buyer. That I'm gonna say that that does sure. make make the salesperson less likely to deal with bullshit. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, if you finance, even if you finance, you get a super short term loan, and you just pay off the loan immediately. Mm-hmm. Like that, honestly, it helps your credit and. The, it helps the salesperson because paid off too quickly. It does not help your credit. Well, you know, it paid off like in like a year, like quickly. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah, a year is okay. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So, but I mean, like with the salesperson, mm-hmm. you know, they also get paid based off financing. That that was actually my biggest thing. I get paid financing made more of a difference for what I got paid than anything else in a car. I'd get it was, but that's you know in dealership financing with yeah. whatever. No, I mean that's what that's with like used car going to RCU. Like, so if a person comes in with their own pre-approval, you make more. Well, if they yeah, if they have their own pre-approval, as long as the as long as the dealer gets to talk to the the uh, the financial institution, institution, then yeah, then then you the the salesperson makes more. That's so weird. And well, the reason is is dealers a lot of the make it or break it's on if they can get a car sale to work. Yeah, is how are you going to get that finance and what's their that person's payment going to be? And usually dealers, they can get a better deal than most people do because... All right, but if you pulled credit yourself for a pre-approval and you pull it again at a dealer... It, no, as long as... In as a short period if of time. It's, no, actually, that will affect your credit the same as... A, if you say, like, within a 30-day period, if your credit's pulled, like, four or five times for the purpose of a car loan, mm-hmm. it only affects you the same as if it got pulled once. That's good to know. Yeah. So that's why, like, if you go to a dealer and they're tr- they're shopping around, mm-hmm. you're not going to get, like, hammered for, like, 40 points of uh, credit score. Sure. Because they pulled your credit, like, 13 times. Right. Like, that's, that, that, that's, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> sure. You, you're going to get, you're going to get hammered the same way. It's, and plus it's, no, it's I, a short-term run into, thing. Yeah. Especially on, like, a new car. I, I've definitely run into, like, dealer financing. I was, like, untouchable. Especially yeah. for financing and through like a, a BMW North America financing yeah. or something like and that. And the reason for that is, you know, you as a person, you're you're gonna do like, I mean, somebody gets a lot of financing might do like maybe one loan a year. Sure. It, with this dealership, they're they're coming to these financial institutions. Each individual dealer, you're getting you know seven to fourteen cars out a day, mm-hmm. of and that's all potential financing. Yep. And, that's seven to 14 customers per day. Then you have a large dealership chain. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like a hundred, a hundred different car loans. Sure. So yeah, that's why they get a better rate because the banks yeah. are actually fighting to get right. the dealership. Cause it's less likely a waste of time. Yeah. It's less likely a waste of time. Plus, I mean, the banks Plus your information's organized. Well, the thing is that the bank's not making money if they don't get the deal. Mm-hmm. And they know that the dealership is actively fighting to get a bunch of banks mm-hmm. to, it's a race to the bottom for the banks, really. Mm-hmm. And what the, what the thing is, is the bank, they want to get the car financed through them. Because even if they were getting a car financed, if the bank's getting like a 2% APR car loan, that's 2% more money than they were making otherwise. True. I just heard somebody at the door of the motorplex, sorry. <laughs> um, that's still really surprising to me, though. I mean... So is it a dealer that sorry is it a deal that the dealer has worked out with the financial institution? Yeah, generally where speaking, some sort yeah. of kickback to the, give to the salesperson. Uh, n- no, the dealer itself actually um, that the financial institution will help the dealer, okay. but if the salesperson isn't pushing the customer to use the dealership financing, mm-hmm. 
then the dealership is less likely to get the deal. So the dealership uh, incentivizes the salesperson to get the uh, financing done. So it really does benefit everyone. So I who's gotcha. at the door? Looks like my dad. I must have oh, okay. had a, he must have locked it with the code instead of on oh, no. <laughs> But um, <clears throat> no, that that's why dealer finan- dealer financing works the way it does. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That is completely news to me. I always figured that dealers appreciated the cash buyer Pasagas. It's just it's no issue. I mean, they just no, get a check for their full it's amount. It's way easier. But, I, I mean, the thing is with the cash buyer, that's a very common misconception. And it makes sense if you think right. about it. Like, especially if it's something like a cheaper car or if it's something that cannot be financed. Yeah. If somebody just walks in with cash, like if it's a super, like a car under $3,000. Right. They're going to be about just like so getting it out the door. Even on a used car. Yep. They want to finance it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. So yeah, that, that's what the dealers can want to do, hmm. and it's like if you, if you if you are paying cash, there's nothing wrong with that. It's right. just that the dealer appreciates it more if you. So why? Do that. Okay. So turning this back around to dealership issues, why does a salesperson ghost a client the other way around? So the reason a salesperson would ever ghost a client is if you're wasting their time, because you have to think the salesperson. Even if the salesperson is not based off commission, it's based off total number of sales, mm-hmm. that salesperson still, they have to sit there and look at, all right, I need to hit, my goal for the month is I got to sell 10 cars, sure. which is like a pretty reasonable goal. Yeah. Um, and to do that, I have to, you know, get one or two cars like each of these days, mm-hmm. and especially towards the end of the month. Like if it's, if it's really any day after probably the 20th, um, you know, I personally, as a salesperson, I would get picky with who I'm dealing with. I don't want to waste my time, mm-hmm. you know, spend three days with one customer, but in this seven case, hours a day every day. Why yeah. would you be responsive and then agree to do something and then not do it? You know, I think what I likely, you know, to be honest, is probably a salesperson just sucked. Yeah. I mean, that's but, who I usually run into. So, but. Real, but realistically, for somebody that's a good salesperson, yeah. still, I mean, they would not do that at all. Right. But a more reasonable salesperson, you know, if they did that, if they thought that you were just taking right. them for a walk and you were not serious about right, it, but it's a question of how serious you are about acknowledging it. Acknowledging out-of-state buyer not referencing trying to pay less than asking price, because in this particular case, the asking price for the vehicle was fair. Yeah. So, th- and that that's kind of the thing is, you know, the the it, it's... It is now a say buyer that's right. you know unlikely to get there before somebody else swoops the sale in from under them. It had been posted for more than thirty days. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, I mean, still, it's if you're like, oh, I got somebody that's coming in in two weeks to make the sale, you know. But if they're getting a deposit, that's true. A non-refundable that's, deposit. That is true. That's yeah. what I did for like the FJ, and they yeah. held it for two weeks, which is not good for a dealer because it, it it went over a month too. Yeah, that that's got that's rough for a dealer. So that, that's a super that. good dealer <clears throat> on your end. I think your dealership in Michigan, I honestly think you were just dealing with a shitty salesperson, to be honest. And he was driving and, the car, and I think he liked driving it, so I don't think he wanted to sell it. Yeah. But I'm also dealing with a uh, dealer in New York on a Lamborghini Marchilago, and it took me six weeks to get him to put it in the air and take pictures of the underside. Oh, really? Yeah. He finally did it yesterday. The pictures are terrible, but <laughs> they show me what I need to know, at least. So are you? how much is the merch log? Uh, they're asking 169995 I told them to walk if they pay a dime more than 150 for it because it's clearly been parked near the coast because it's got a and lot it's of surface rust on nope. like, the CV shafts and stuff. It looks pretty solid. But it does. Still. But, I mean, the, the main reason I wanted photos underneath is the car, when it was six months old, had a hefty collision in the front left corner. Clean title. 
And you wanted to make no sure issue. it was a straight body. Wanted to make sure, since it's all aluminum and carbon fiber, that it wasn't just like patched together with JB Weld, yeah, basically. And it looks super solid. Looks that's like whoever fixed true. it did a really good job. So that was my main concern on that thing. That guy, every time I've been able to get him to reply, he's good. Also, another thing I just thought about was sure. the salesperson with them not wanting to deal with it. If that salesperson knows that there's something shady going on with the car, yeah, that's another reason. Like I would, there were a couple of times where people were asking about a car and they were just not realistic. Like the black Honda Fit automatic that you guys took in on trade. <laughs> the adults <laughs> where ev- driven. Everybody said don't do it, and they did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that that's one. The one. Um, oh God, Stephanie. But uh, no, oh God, there's Stephanie. There was uh, yeah, no, that that one's that one was bad. But I, no, I, I mean, named like, if there's her Stephanie because she was really loose. If, oh if, there, if there was a car that, um, <laughs> if, if there was a car where it's like the person's like, I want something perfect. Yeah. I want this exact car. I'm looking at the car. I'm like, I'm looking at the Carfax. I'm like, there's a car accident in 2004. I'm like, this person is just going to cry about it. Yeah. And be like, yeah, it's got a car accident. I had I'll, to, I'll let you know if I find something. I had to pull all... my own Carfax on the Lamborghini too. The guy refused to do it. What? That's ridiculous. Okay, that's not okay. $170,000 car. Those are, that's one thing. Bags. Dealerships should always pull. It, it, either auto check or car fax. I agree. If one of them is pulled, I can I, I can fault them for not pulling the other because sure. car fax yeah. is crazy expensive. Yeah, especially now because yeah. they got out of the unlimited plans for the dealers. Yeah, I know that. Oh, Each car fax is $40 cost. <gasps> yeah, it's oh. it's bad. That's oh, yeah, no. Chunk when when we uh, when we move, like when we put the yeah. SL on uh, BAT at work, yeah, that was really expensive Yikes. i bought a three pack because it was a little cheaper it, it, it is like, cheaper oh. we got a six pack <laughs> i like that term when, when we I get a 24 pack bro no we, we got we got the six of them from because well the thing is if i got a customer and yeah. they're and you're you know, gonna they, use they're, them. they're putting fifteen thousand dollars into a van again i'm yeah. gonna show them their history and be like this car looks great yeah well like, this car has got a history it's been it has been in no floods it's been in the pacific northwest for the last 30 years and it's then it got brought n- up here last year hurricane florence yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> is that the one that's going on right now yeah okay. it, uh w- so my friend lives in wilmington and oh. it went over wilmington twice <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fun it will be just moved down here wilmington yeah, Fuck you. they just moved. I, I don't know where they moved, but they used to be like two blocks off the coast. Okay. So I was like, you're evacuating, right? And she's like, it's not mandatory yet. So no. And then I got a text a few days later. We, we went to Raleigh. <laughs> yeah, probably smart. Yeah. Um, it was going like five miles per an hour yeah, so a couple you, days ago. You was. remember how I, I mentioned that I almost bought a Yaris? Mm-hmm. So it was a manual three-door that was a really pretty color blue. It's okay. everything I wanted. Uh, actually, had a couple of TRD goodies on it. I had like mm-hmm. a shift knob and I like, nice. had like a shift knob and a sway bar. I just put knobs in the uh, FJ. Excellent. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what I really want—I want a first gen Yaris because the TRD support for the first gen Yaris is unreal. Like you can get like a full exhaust. You can get a like a cold air intake, uh, lowering springs, upgraded like adjustable struts, rear sway bar. That's actually a pretty good catalog for an <laughs> Econo box. Yeah, like when I say a shifter, I mean a short shifter. Like not like a physically short, like in, in a hole shifter, but like where they actually change like the actuation of it. So it's still like in kind of the same location, yeah. but you have a shorter throw. Sure. So like you actually have like a bunch of cool I stuff. I did a TRD that. quick yeah. change on the MR2. I'm guessing it's pretty similar. Yeah, it's just like that. Yeah. yeah. Or it's not like super low, but it's like it's like maybe like an inch lower. But yeah, it, but it's, it's considerably notchier. It's, it's much notchier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have that it's got for more the distance below the fulcrum going on. Yeah, and so I wanted, I really wanted this Yaris. And should I, should I call out the dealer? Sure. 
Yep. Yes. Walzer. Walzer Toyota in Bloomington. There you go. Um, the one that I get my Toyota Sienna serviced at. Where they, she always gets perpetually um, terrible I, service. I, <laughs> right. I, since yeah. Don't I, go there. Do they also mansplain all of the service needs to you? Yes. Well, here, let me... Let's just I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Jaren tell I'm going to wrap up this. Here. Okay, so... Let me turn up your mic volume just a hair uh, so you can get yeah. extra animated. Oh, my God. So, I've been getting... So, this is... a. Toyota Sienna 2006, uh, so second gen, that we've had since new. It's uh, My mom and I were sharing it for a while, and now it's just, I was shared it with my sister, and now it's kind of exclusively mine. And so I've been getting all these warranty notices, and mm-hmm. I'm not yet 25. Shocking, I know. Um, but I had to bring the car in for this uh, warranty service, and they didn't have the um, the it, they didn't have it figured out yet how to fix it. They just wanted me to bring it in to make sure that it wasn't malfunctioning yep. and whatever. Sure. And then they were like, "We don't have a solution, um, but we can't let you drive it." And I was like, you know, "Minnesota is not a state where they can." not let you take your car uh, um they can well, make you sign something but they're like uh we, we don't want you to take it uh you can get a rental car and then i was like i'm not 25 i cannot get a re- i wasn't even usually you can but it's an extra fee yeah it w- but i think i was like even below I like 21 Jan was like no. I, w- I was like okay. maybe it's like 20 first, it's like okay. the second or third year we were dating yeah okay. so, so i was like I was maybe 20. I was not yet. Oh, yeah. It's our anniversary today, too. Yay. (laughs) Five years. Um, But, yeah, so I wasn't even 21 yet, and they did not feel comfortable letting me leave driving it. And I was like... That's fine if they, you know, make you aware of the issues, but, like, they can't let you not take your car. Yeah, and so they couldn't give me a a, a rental car. Mm -hmm. Um, For whatever reason, none of my family members were close enough to come pick me up but i was like hey i live off of old shakopee in normandale yeah, it's which not- was a mile and a half away from the dealership by yeah yeah i was like can somebody just drop me off sure and they're like we don't do that and what the, so, so the they, dealership doesn't have a fucking shuttle they they, they well, do but it didn't go to my house all right so this is one other thing this is a dealership where the sales people are paid hourly this is on, like, at the off hour of an off day at the beginning of the month. There's nobody in the dealership right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no customers. There was the they could have easily desk. taken a salesperson, mm-hmm. like, off the show floor where like, it really wasn't a problem, or a lot guy, or, like, the yep. janitor. Or, actually, what they should have done is <laughs> the fucking manager and driven Jana home. Or, Anywho. this is probably before Uber and Lyft, but, I mean. This is around the time they were first becoming a thing. just paying for it cab uh, yeah they should have done something a mile yeah. and a half Anywho, it wouldn't have been that expensive i had to call my dad i had them call my dad because i was like i they had some issues with me not being on the title or something too it was a disaster so i was like freaking out because i have anxiety and mm-hmm. so they called my dad who i think he's on the title of the car i don't think my mom is on the title of the car and so they, they were talking to my dad my dad's like you need to let her leave she needs to go let her have her car back and they were like coming up with excuses and they handed me a blank sheet of paper they wrote something down on like we're releasing you this car you're you're not gonna like come back or do anything right they can they can make you sign something but they can't hold your car but that's the thing is they were they They were trying to they were trying to tell her that she had to hold her car there. Yeah, and like I didn't know that because I was like twenty years old. Yeah, that would be something you'd notify the attorney general about. Yeah. 
I mean, but I didn't know what to do. Like I wasn't, so my dad was on the phone and he got really angry and he was telling them all the stuff that I didn't know. Like you can't do this, blah, 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 blah. You have to like figure out how she's getting home. Like this is not on her. This is on you sort of deal. And so they literally offered them alternatives. Not not, not only that, it's like, so the dealer, basically what the dealer is saying, oh, I'm sorry, you bought the brand of car that you're selling and that car had an issue and this is your fault that you are now in this situation because you bought a car that we look sell. what you did yeah. to our perfect car um, you owned it like that's just ridiculous <laughs> i think we even like bought it from that oh. exact yeah like dealership. we bought it from that dealer yeah um not even like a, a different one but um yeah so like they literally wrote oh, something one down other, one on other thing honey this would be their third sienna that they've bought and they all her this grandpa. This is the second out of three. Yeah, th- and no, this is after your mom bought the third one. Yeah, this is after. And so yeah. they bought three cars from his dealership, yep. and they referred her grandpa to them as well, mm-hmm. and like another family. So member. like this thing has been to this dealership since new. Yes, yeah. so like since new. Like these are very good customers. This dealership, and they treated her like this. So yeah, and um, yeah. So I would probably not go back. No, no. Uh, I don't not even at all. get. I don't even go for warranty service. I go to the one in Hopkins. Yeah, she drive, yeah um, you, you drive literally like, like eight miles this further. Dealership, and that's not something Jenna normally does. No, so. this dealership is on the way to my work, oh and my I drive God. You drive past, past it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, yeah, honestly, most... Oh, I have trouble with the... Anyway, sorry, but yeah, they BMW took... BMW dealers. They, they just yeah. took a blank piece of paper from their printer, <clears throat> scribbled something down, and made me sign it. Like, there was no actual, like, legal documentation. That's probably good enough. Yeah, that is good enough. It was fine, but it was still, like, I was... Tacky, absolutely. I was 20 years old. They had the owner of the vehicle on the phone. And they were still being dicks. And it's... And it's against Minnesota State law to hold it in the first place. Yeah, and my... my, The insurance for the vehicle is under my name. So let's... So I don't... It was awful... I Let's talk about the there. guy who I tried to buy a this car from. This is the last time we ever went back to okay, that dealership. Okay, at the same dealership. Yes. All right, so is the, the, the this, is, this is the Yaris okay. now. Um, this is around the time I first started working at Maury's. Okay. So it's about two years ago now. Um, no, three years ago. Yeah, it's about three years ago now. So, yeah, it, it was that Yaris I was previously talking about. Mm-hmm. We go up to buy it. Um, the salesman's like the sil- I asked the salesman for a Carfax. Says I want to give it to me. I asked him for water. He goes, "Yeah, sure, I'll eat your water." While he goes, scans my driver's license so we can go for a test drive. Mm-hmm. Comes back, goes, "Okay, let's go for a test drive." I'm like, "Look here, where's my where's my water?" Never never got the water. I didn't mention anything about that. It's hmm. just like it's making like mental notes. It's making a mental note. It's kind of like um, so like Van Halen. Um, uh, I'll let one David, slip like that go, but David, if there's two da- or more. So, yeah, David Lee Roth had this litmus test, famously in Van Halen, where this is a hell w- of a digression. No, no, this is the, this is not a digression at all. This okay, is, this is David Lee Roth had a litmus test where he would say, "I do not want any brown M and M's in in my bowl of M and M's in our dressing room," and the reason for that was if they didn't take out the brown M and M's, they probably didn't read the special notes. Uh-huh. So that that's kind of a precursor of what to expect. Sure. How so how good ask, they are yeah, at following me, direction and Me asking the salesperson was... What else did they miss? This is also me as a salesperson asking right. that salesperson that. Uh, I asked him for a bottle of water to see, like, all right, so what's this guy going to fuck up now? Cause, so, yeah, never get my bottle, bottle of water. Ever. Mm-hmm. Go on the test drive. And guy's like, oh, what other cars were you thinking about 
I'm like, honestly. You drove the CRX there. Yeah, I drove the CRX there. Um, like, so nothing. I, <laughs> no, no, well, no, I was, because I was seriously considering a, a newer car, because the CRX, it's like around the time the CRX was beginning to have some serious reliability issues, and I didn't want to daily drive it anymore. Sure. So I said to him, I'm like, well, I was looking at either a Fiat 500, a Barth, nice. or a Mitsubishi Mirage. Yeah, also pretty good. Yeah, and I said I want a manual, uh, fully loaded Mirage, because at that point in time, you could get a manual, fully loaded Mirage. Mm-hmm. And he spends the entire test drive not selling me the Yaris, but bashing on the Mirage. And which, telling me I should buy another Toyota Sienna. Yeah, so he's like... I have three! No, he's, he's, he's being like... Well, he's he's being kind of uh, able. Now, I guess not really ableist. So, like, sexist is a little bit of an overuse oh. of the term. But I guess sexist basically t- towards Jana. Sure. Yeah. And he's not spending his time selling me why the I Yaris like is good. He's belittling your guys' intelligence at the same time too, though. Exactly. That's kind of he's like infantilizing. He's 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 uh, mm-hmm. belittling our intelligence, and he's also spending the time belittling. The car that I said, I said, I actually... You, you told him you want and like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love the Mirage. Like, I legitimately I think that that is a great a car, car. I would be agreeing with them. Yeah. And I would say... You, or find the you good You know what point. I would do as a salesperson? What? Somebody says, oh, the Mirage? That's a great car. It's super fun to drive. It's got, like, barely any power, you but... You go for the good aspects of the car. Like, if somebody well, tells did. me, like, oh, I want to buy a, an R8... Uh, V8 uh, dual clutch. I'm like, yeah. oh, that engine's actually, it makes a really good sound. Yeah. And like, like, I'm not saying anything about the really horrible things with that vehicle, yeah. which there are a ton. I'm saying, that, yeah, the engine sounds fabulous in that. So, like, this salesperson, I taught, like, basically, I walked around the lot before I got to the salesperson okay. for about 15 minutes. Yeah, that Looking happens. exclusively at Yaris's. Your body looking, language is like my looking, favorite thing ever say, right now. Just looking so you know. salespeople in the eye. Well, I'd, that, I'd see salespeople with nothing going on, like on their phone, yeah, walking by, and I'd say, Yeah, Jana, <clears throat> this is a pretty cool Yaris. I wonder if they have any of these with a manual transmission. I would love to finance this. This would be totally worth $105 a month. So I could totally see you saying exactly that at a dealership at that volume. At about level. that volume. <laughs> so like, I could make sure they're hearing me. And we are looking over, and like, they were all at the front door. Yeah, like, not doing shit. Like, texting, not even helping us at all. Like, They're lo- awful. They would look up at us and then back down to their phones and then look back up it's at us. It's awful. It's the worst phones. experience. Anyway, so... Let's move on to the BRZ. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> done with it. Needless to say, I do not own a Yaris. Don't go to Walzer. Oh, they, he never and followed I don't up like with me. Yeah, oh, yeah, the, the guy never followed up with me. Even though that we were, like, we're really interested. Like, dude never followed up with me. Even though anyway, that the car had a flat well, tire. One second, anyway. So, um... The yeah, the guy, the guy never followed up with me, and uh, just whenever you buy from a dealership, buy from somewhere where it's actually a commission sale, because that salesperson is going to try to get your try to get your your business. Yes, because if you're doing hourly like Walzer does, you get that kind of service. You get Walmart <laughs> service. But yeah, <laughs> let's move on to the BRZ. Walmart service. Um, Subaru has a new special edition of the BRZ out. It is um, not 300 horsepower. It is not turbo. It does not have a WRX engine. Uh, it does not have anything special mechanically with it at all. Oh, nice. That sounds like a really great special edition. It is pastel gray. I like oh. that color. That's the thing. It's a, it's a very, very pretty car. The thing is, though, is like... Why do they keep ignoring the thing that everyone wants? It's that. It's literally <laughs> that. So my thing is, like, why won't they... Make, like, I'm a fan of the BRZ being NA. Yeah, it's a great I, car. I it doesn't want, it doesn't need more power. No, not but it a, would not, be not cool at all. to have an option offered with more power. 
it's kind of like they have a bunch of people that want to buy them and said, I just wish it made more power. Yeah. And it's like, it's perfect as it is. Yeah, you're right. But, but that, I also that was, salesperson like, that I had like, at Walzer, uh, yeah. he's, he's now in charge of marketing for Subaru and Toyota for the BRZ. And he goes, the customer doesn't know what they want. They don't know what they like. They want a horsepower is a sufficient they amount They should for get a chassis. Toyota Sienna instead of a Yaris. Oh. Like, that's what this guy's like. I don't, I don't get it. Because it's like, you can How many special editions is that of the Toyota every year, GTV every, every year, they've had a special edition for every version of it. So it's in three cars, and they've been selling it for what, six years? Uh, I came out in 12, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, six years. So that's, that's at least 12 different special editions. And one of them had a it, little more power. It was like four more horsepower. They, well, they added, they added more power last year. Oh, okay. Uh, but th- that's the thing. is like, all right, cool. You gave him five horsepower. Yeah, that was like the people STI were asking one for five horsepower. They're, like, a- they're asking people, people are asking for more power. That's the thing. It's like, talking like 50. If you're, it, if you're a marketing person and you're like, yeah. I just don't get why these aren't selling enough. And you have every single person that's in the demographic that's selling that car. Yep. You would just make more power. Like, that's what you would do. You would say, all right, well, we have cafe fuel emission standards. We, have to, make, we have to hit this level what they should for do. fuel economy. How can we make, can we make it two-tenths of a liter bigger? Do, what can we do? You could, but I think the reason why they don't do that is because they have to federalize and crash another power plant then. Yes, that what is true. they could do, though, is pull a Callaway. Get the most reputable supercharger manufacturer that currently makes BRZ kits. Exactly. Install them at the dealer, warranty them. Yep. And then it's fine. Isn't that what Map tried to do with the EcoBoost? Yeah, they did do that for a while, but then there's some some stuff that happened. But you don't have to worry about that. Um, But yeah, no, or like uh, Shelby. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's it's like a Shelby thing, or a Cali, or a roof. I'm like, there's always if they're motivated to do it, they can do it. There's always a way to do it. And that that's the thing. Certification's tough. It's not impossible. Well, the thing is, all right. So, if there were this many people, asking for a hybrid Outback, you know that there would be a hybrid Outback next year. If you had have a hybrid Outback, if you Uh, had uh, no. Actually, no to, hybrid Outback. To, to be honest, they made a hybrid Crosstrek, and it made more power. Of course, than, it did. It was it's got actually, motors too. It was actually faster than the normal Crosstrek. What's that new gigantic piece of crap that they made the called? Ascent. The Ascent. But, no, I saw I, one of those at Grim Speed yesterday. They bought it because it has the new STI motor in it. Apparently, oh cool, yeah, it does. So they're yeah. gonna like tune the hell out of it, <laughs> and, then, and then when the STI comes out, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. All right, so anyway, I'm looking forward to that. The thing is, if this is. If this was any other car, if this is not a performance car, if this is an Outback, yeah. you know that Subaru would already, if it was an Outback, Subaru would already be far I'll away one having further. it available. Any, any product request that is CUV related. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll give you whatever you want. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, the thing is, if it's not just like, I will honestly say, they would probably be able to get, I think 75% of people that aren't buying them are yeah. probably citing Lack of power. And they honestly... And I think if they put more power into it, yeah. they would not get 75% more sales. No. I really, truly, honestly believe yeah. 30 to 40% more sales. But still, they... I mean, for a niche car, they sell really well. They do sell really well. So, I mean, y- y- at least for a couple of years, like, an optional supercharged one. Or you know, yeah. Volkswagen Turbo, I guess. was losing sales on the Golf R mm-hmm. because they didn't have any fancy colors. And look what they did. They made 40 new colors. They brought back Taco Night. They're yeah. $1,500, but 
I mean, it's just still like an option. Just like a Model 3. When I was specking one the other day, the only color you can get for a no charge is black. That's hilarious. Oh, I would get a black one then. You can, get, you can get any color you want <laughs> as long as it's black. Yeah, it's like a Model T, basically. <laughs> but maybe that's kind of a play on that. I that, don't know. I, I, it probably is. Musk is probably like, what color should we give them for He's free? He's starting smoking. We get give oh, them dude, black give like them the black Model T. Because of Henry Ford had the right idea. <laughs> the black lacquer. Watch, Wait, it's probably a lacquer it? paint job, too. It's probably not. Oh, no. Give him the black. <laughs> I don't like this. Anyway, Can't that's what it'd be like. <laughs> so for the audio listeners, <laughs> Ryan just vape. took a large drag on his vape and then <laughs> and played then it off like the <laughs> Elon Musk, Musk. podcast. Well, it's, it's, it's really for the people on the YouTube. Yeah, we're, uh, we're trying to promote the people watching it on YouTube. Exactly. Like, good on you. for Like Elon Musk on the Joe Rogan for podcast. For being able to handle... Uh, we need to have Elon Musk on. Do you know how... Elon Musk, please I bet come. Everybody is on Joe Rogan's podcast, which I previously did not remember existed. I tried to listen to that for a while, but they're they're like daily and they're like two or three hours a piece. I'm like, oh, how, does he, how does he do that? I don't know. He's clearly it's, it's maybe not, not daily, married. but it's close. Like he does like multiple. He probably, you know what he probably does. He probably just does like one day. Like his Sunday is just like you know, like us. Straight, like we, yeah, yeah. Like yep. we do a lot on Sunday. But his Sundays, like he wakes up like ten o'clock and like goes home at ten o'clock. Yeah, probably. And he just gets like seven hours or seven days worth of podcast. His podcast is pretty good. It's just the uh, the reason I stopped listening to it is because of all the uh, like the fitness and the diet stuff. I just yeah, I don't, I don't, give a I don't shit care about, about any of that. I don't Drink give a shit about more that. Yeah, water. Musk, you're welcome on our podcast. You are welcome to. I would. I partake would in the uh, the, the devil's lettuce in here. That is just fine. I, I'd be fine with that. I'd smoke <clears> weed at the Elon <throat> Musk. That'd be great. Uh, we, we I have, have bad reaction doors. to it. And I would still also do that. Yeah. Um. But no, I, I really think, like, you know, the, the pros and cons of the, of the 8.6. I just yeah. want to go back to it because sure. we're kind of digressing. Yeah, yeah, um, weird. I know, right? <laughs> like, if that car was turbocharged, in all honesty, like, mm. I, as much as I don't care, I get the appeal of that, where yeah. in America you would get even more sales. If they offered two versions, I'd still buy the NA one. Yeah, yeah. me too. Um, or even honestly, T-Tops, I would like more. But Oh, that's my me. word. But... Um, <laughs> That would make it so That was not on so the table, gross. Ryan. No, it was not. That was just something I came <laughs> so up with. Girl, please don't listen to that awful idea. But no, it, it's one of those things make where... Make them pink. Like, I, I would not be, like, inclined to buy one, but if I had the... I would I would appreciate the ability to do that. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Like the Forrester XT. Giving people Actually, the option. that makes even less sense why they did that, because they offered a turbo in the fucking Forrester. Yep. And there's a V6 in the Outback, which nobody buys for the V6. Well, it's technically a flat six, right? Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's a 180-degree V6 that happens to be a uh, even firing, so it's a, be a boxer. So, and yeah. lovely people that listen to the Motor Club podcast know the difference now. Yeah, because we because covered we it for them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, so, th- yeah, they got, they've got the... Um, Do you know what is a way better boxer? Hmm. The 1930s BMW flat two-cylinder. You know what? Mm. Let's just go talk about that because I'm just getting myself. Did you guys watch up. any of the Goodwood? Um, I watched a little bit. It was fun. Oh, were you talking about the motorcycle? The yes. The supercharged yes. one? Yes. Yes, I saw the that The 1932 one. supercharged, no suspension BMW motorcycle yes, with a suicide that. shifter on the throttle side of the motorcycle for Didn't no he, reason. Like, and he started in last. Of, like, no, no, no. That's, that's, a, that was, that's, a, that's the... We'll talk about that in a second. That's yeah, a car. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, that's um, a car. But this guy, he started near the back I saw of the field. And you were taking a shower when he was racing. Well, when this race, Corey so it's a sent hard. It to me. Oh yeah, there, yeah, there's clips of both of these things. But uh, we're talking about the motorcycle first. So okay. it's a 1932 horizontally opposed 
two-cylinder, supercharged BMW yeah. motorcycle with no suspension. Yeah, and he was like laying that the cylinder head. Oh, the dude, yeah. He's like I hope he has children the before head. the race. He's not his, having them his, after. It's probably just like, it's like uh, Tesla's free energy. It's probably his... his his seed is just being broadcast. <laughs> and like broadcast. a half mile radius. His balls are just so huge. All women yeah. within a half mile of his motorcycle are now pregnant with okay, his seed. So sense. watching this thing, and the guy is like, he's going around this like, what looks like a perfectly smooth track with all the and other just, bikes, and the guy's just like... Oh yeah, he's, he's got <laughs> shaking, like, like holding on like, for dear life. The back wheel's like hopping up and skipping like oh, inches God. at a time through yes. corners. And while that's happening, he's full on the throttle, <gasps> and he's taking his right hand off the right handle grip, reaching over to the right side of the tank sorry left hand off the left grip reaching over to the right side of the tank and pulling a large shifter rod up and down shifting while he's full on the throttle having to move his arm to (laughs) get through the shift pattern and inhale to get so it's like because he's trying to because he's on a corner and the side like the side that he's on he's shifting his weight to be down so he has to move his body physically to get it into gear it oh. is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I'm going to pull oh up a video God. clip of this because it's yeah. worth it. Yeah, no, we totally should. I think Actually, I've I think seen we, it, but it, it, it was described It was to hilarious. Me. While you're pointing that up, um, I do also yeah. want to talk about another horrible motor- motorcycle driver. Okay. Uh, there, did you hear about that guy that in MotoGP that... Uh, uh, was passing somebody and grabbed his brake handle. Oh at God! Yes, for the front brake. Didn't weren't they trying to charge him with like a manslaughter yeah, or something? But no, he's got kicked off the team. He ruined his career. So him with the other douchebag from Formula Two or whatever, they're gonna have a great racing team of just being pricks with wearing their MAGA hats. But anyway, M-A-G-A. <laughs> I thought I thought he was trying to like pat the dude on the back, but no, he no, 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 no. That brake. that one that one happened. That that okay. was a, that was the thing that happened at Goodwood. No, this one was at MotoGP. Oh, okay. At Goodwood, a guy uh, passes a motorcyclist and just to be cheeky, taps him on the shoulder and gives him a thumbs up and continues driving past him. No, but yeah, this guy <laughs> is the one that like kicked a compo- uh, an opponent's motorcycle earlier in the season. Oh, Jesus. Oh. What a it, prick. It, in a corner, like a guy's next to him and he like takes his leg and just like smacks <gasps> it as hard as he can against the other bike. What the? This isn't rugby. <laughs> this isn't... What's, what's the F1 Road guy rash. we were talking oh, about yeah, earlier in the uh, year? Oh, yeah, it's Ferruccio... Go fuck yourself or something. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Market Dicky or whatever the this hell. This isn't but rugby, you guys. You know, I'm having trouble finding this BMW. We'll we'll post video. it up on the yeah uh, we'll on the motor, on the Motor Cult Facebook. Page. But anyway, worth a watch. the second one I want to talk about. I mean, there were a couple interesting things, but not great. The second one was there was uh, one Let, of the vintage let's car go back races. To the podcast notes, by the way. Oh, sorry. Yes, but uh, <laughs> it, it, what was that car called? It was a, it was a Porsche 356. It was a uh, white and green car. Okay, yeah. He had qualified first. He was in pole position on the yes. grid. Stalled it <gasps> at the launch, just like, and he, they interviewed him afterward. Like I was just bracing my head against the seat because I'm about to get just fucking plowed by another one of these cars because he's sitting pole position and there's yeah. full trot cars launched by him. He gets it restarted, starts second from last, and finishes the race second place overall. So wow. the very last and race, wheeling of the fuck out of this 356. That's the amazing. last race of. Uh, the festival speed, yeah. or not festival? I guess revival. This is I'm revival. Sorry, this right? is revival. I, can't, I, don't, I don't know which one it is. So I yeah, just it's put revival. It's, <laughs> it's revival. Good okay, revival. but no. Uh, the very last race, there is. Um, it was the uh, GT cars. Yeah, the sixties GT, and there was this uh, Lister Jaguar. Ooh. Um, what was that called? The Nobly. That's what it's called. The Lister Jaguar Nobly, because it had like all these weird corners to it. It was a great name. Nobly's my nickname. But anyway, Ooh. so the guy. <laughs> The guy, the guy qualifies for pole position, right? Yeah. Then, at the beginning of the race, car breaks down because Jaguar yeah. has throttle issues. Of course. 
Um, it's probably a Lucas. Doesn't he start right, in right, the pits? Bo- right, but bo- yeah, he starts in the pits. Okay. He has one lap to get the car running. Sure. Gets it started right after everybody takes off. Starts in last place. Goes and wheels his way up to not only like the like on the, onto the podium, but he, on the last lap takes first place. Oh my god. And it was, wins. Oh my god! It was the most amazing race I've ever. I highly recommend looking it up. Wait, I the Lister Jaguar knob. Were they racing the uh, the the fifties four door Jags? No, 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 no. no. Okay, the, the, right. these there were was, it was another like, upset. These were those. against like uh, Lotus Elevens and Ferrari two fifties and stuff like that. I highly recommend looking at that. It's a twenty five minute long race, and that is honestly probably the greatest piece of motorsports I've seen this year and at first you don't pay attention to him because he's so far back he's so far back and what's really interesting is the people fighting for second yeah there was there's like two people fighting for second it was a it was a ferrari 250 versus a jag or a lotus 11 and the lotus 11 (laughs) somehow makes it from just like a 30 million dollar like now not only that let's just talk about the fact that it's like a three liter ferrari versus a like a one liter jag or sorry lotus but yeah, so the Lotus finally beats the Ferrari and beats whatever car was like firm in first. And yes. then all of a sudden the Jaguar comes and swoops in. Ferrari's knocked off podium. It yes. was oh, just every <laughs> second of this race is incredible and like eye catching and like you you don't even want to blink during this there race. There was that, that Ferrari losing podium to the two oh uh, to the two Lotus um or yeah, Lotus elevens. But it was great because the, the Ferrari, the Ferrari was like the the gap between fourth and or like the like fifth place and the fourth place. Yeah, was like four seconds. Whoa! So yeah, it was a huge gap. It was like basically these, insurmountable. It was like these three. It was these three cars, like the the two Lotuses and the Ferrari, all vying for podium, and then like out of nowhere, this Lister just comes up and then. Pat, like the Ferrari was sitting there and he was holding off this other Lotus. Like one Lotus got in front of him. He's like, all right, whatever it's done. But the other one he was holding off for like yeah. probably 22 minutes of the race and last three Just minutes of this car, like three lanes wide. Yeah. Like <laughs> the last three minutes of the race, um, he just barely, um, like the, the Lotus, he runs the Lotus off the road almost. And the Lotus is able to pass him. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the Lister Jaguar, uh, like, Two minutes later, like it was. This is like the last, like yeah, I guess this, so. It's like last five minutes. So two minutes later, last two, two or three laps of the race. Sure. Um, the Lister Jaguar is trying to pass this Maserati, and the Maserati's rear end lets loose, and the the Lister goes off the track and like loses the rear end. It catches the front of the car on a track, kicks the fr- the rear end back out the opposite direction, and then is able to save it. And still pass the Maserati. <laughs> I had enough time left. Everyone's like, this is it. He's going to take second place. That's going to cost him first place. Like, he's yeah. going to get podium, but he's not going to win. And it was like the last lap was just like he just magically does. It was amazing. And what was, the best race I've ever seen. And I think what was the, funny about the Ferrari losing podium is yeah. that a Ferrari had just won the last race. So they're like, oh, Suck Ferrari's going to make it yeah, on the podium our, again. And they're going to do like, it. Oh, no, he's not. Just I think, like, if we ever go to either Revival or Festival of oh, Speed, God, like, have we'll to. have to avoid the medical staff because oh, they're going to be seriously concerned about the size of the men's balls. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're, well, they're, like, they're, they're, they have wheelbarrows. This must be 
there must be some I medical heard, problem. I heard yeah. that their medical staff, they have a whole wheelbarrow crew where they've got 30 people with wheelbarrows it's that like, just haul around like, people's balls in front of them. It's like fluffers and porn. They just yeah. have the, the wheelbarrow. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like a racers. fluffer. Um, <laughs> but actually, speaking of balls of steel, uh, another great race was the pre-war formula, like uh, GP cars, because you were having these, like, these um, Bugattis and stuff. But really, the Bugattis, those aren't the cars I was excited about. It was the ERAs, okay. which were uh, English Racing. Um, wow, very yeah, original yeah, name. E- e- yeah, English <laughs> Racing Association. What should we call it? ERA. Well, we're doing racing in England for oh, an association. Way, How about we call them the ERAs? I had to give the pre-war bell. But uh, yeah, no, these ERAs. That napkin kind of muted it a little bit. What the, what's going on? Oh, that had a nice ring to it. You can just keep it over there. I, 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 I need it more than you do. Um, but yeah, so the, the ERA races was fantastic. Because, I mean, ERAs are relatively cheap for pre-war race cars because they're around $400,000. There's just like a trillion of them left. Sure. Um, but no, it was an ERA against a Maserati. And uh, then there was this other car. I can't remember what it was. But um, it literally had plumbing tubes for suspension. Like okay. lead tubes. <laughs> like that's how the suspension was. And it was able to get podium, which was pretty cool. Was lead t- is not a strong metal. No, it was not good. But uh, no, the, the guy that... You don't want to kick it. Um, no. I, think, I think it was... No. It does actually, bend. I think it was Duncan Pitaway that was driving. And he's a... If you know uh, BTCC or, for, yeah. or Vintage I, I Car Racing. Pitaway. Yeah, I think it was Duncan Pitaway in the other car. I cannot remember the name of it for the life of me. But... Um, no, that was a very good race as well. But yeah, it's uh, God Goodwood Revival. That is a fantastic race. I don't series. know if I would rather go to Festival of Speed or Revival. Both. Let's get a timeshare in England. I wish they were closer together so we could just spend time in England. Yeah, that's both, the thing. But... I, I would say it, it's worth just once in your life. Yeah. Going to Europe for a <coughs> summer. I think do both, but do them in separate years. Yeah. Or honestly, just do it all all at once. Um. Do oh, do a sabbatical. Yeah, you could do. You <laughs> I don't could think do, my work offers those. I'm no, you could do. Um, Dar, you should speed. become an archaeologist yeah. like me. You go festival speed. You can probably hit up. Uh, I think uh, Nurburgring twenty four hours in Le Mans happens after that. Probably. And then you would be able to hit uh, Goodwood Revival and then come back and that be would be very fun. poor. What I would do <laughs> as I find my rental in seven years, I find my rental at yes. one time. I buy it. We drive it all the way around, do all and this then you stuff. Bring it, back. bring it back to Neil, have him ship it over here. <clears throat> then we don't have to pay for a rental car and we can sleep Perfect. in the damn thing. Perfect. Yeah, I, I know some people that actually do <clears throat> uh, travel stuff and we could probably talk to them. Yeah, it would with. be good to know like the, the ins and outs of like, oh, don't do that. Yeah, Basically. I also have a friend in England. So Nice. Yeah. So I, there do, is I don't think I do. I have at least what? I could ask my YouTube subscribers, like, hey, Randos, who lives you in got England? a couch? Yeah, that, that might I, work. I mean, <laughs> he, he is an ex of a family friend, but I think it'll be fine. Honestly, just like... It's, it's not like going to Monaco like, where everything's super oh, expensive. God, no. Like, no, I know. Yeah, it wouldn't be that going bad. going to England. I, like, then there's hostels and stuff all over, too. It'd yeah, be fine. exactly. And in seven years, when the Avon time is uh, available for import, I think we will have more... Yes. discretionary travel funds. Yeah, I, I would absolutely do that in seven years. I would go with you. I'm, we, I'm can, cool. we can get Jana, like, a, I don't know, a Renault 5 Maxi or something. Not a turbo. Well, that'd be too expensive. Otherwise, the Aventime has four seats. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
so she can very have her comfortable own seats. You, you got you, you have to have your souvenir. We should do two cars though, because it's cheaper to ship two to a container. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like so you need you need to have me your the smallest, cutest car. Yep. And then the Aventine. And then uh, we'll have Neil ship it back, and he'll put, he'll fill the rest of the container with bubble wrap. Twingo. We can get a Twingo. You could get a Twingo now. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm thinking of. It's not actually a terrible idea. Actually, the, the thing is, I mean, it, all right, so this is my thing. It's like in seven years, I'm going to be like running out of cars quickly that I really care yeah. to import. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I, mean, the I think the Aventime is, like, is at the end. That, that's it's the last outlier. one. Yeah, yeah it's that's like, like why did this even one. happen? Yeah. Because I'm, th- I'm trying to think, like, things that came out around the time of that, like, the late well, 90s. Well, even if you're not jazzed about it, you could find something that's worth a ton here and yeah. worth nothing over there and just import it and sell it. Like, I'm just thinking about cars that, like from that era that I even care. Like, I guess a Renault Clio V6. Oh, yeah. But those are worth money over there, too. Yeah, that's the thing. Find something that's a diesel and a manual over there that's worth nothing and bring it in here and sell it. A Renault Clio diesel manual. There you go. <laughs> Problem solved. Um, Washing my hands of that issue. <laughs> All right. So we're at about an hour and 10 minutes. Do you want to try and get one more topic in or... We can keep going. Yeah, we think we can keep We're only going. doing one this week, so we yeah, can we make are. it a little so longer if we true. have to. Yeah. So, Well, we're going to do one that we, we might, oh, that's true. We might be old. When we come, yeah, we when I come back late, from Brainerd. Yeah. So I didn't, um, yeah, let, we, let's just do one or two more. What, let's, we'll do, let's talk about Ooh, the... Can we talk uh, about the dash cam? No, actually, no? well, before that, I want to know... This kind of carries into our previous conversation about okay. racing. Oh. <laughs> who is your favorite race car driver of all time? But who's your favorite and who would you consider the best? You know, I'm probably going to get, like, They're two razzed on the internet for this, especially on the MotorCult page, but I don't follow racing at all. That's okay. okay. Um, so, my favorite person that I like to watch on a track? Yes. Sabine Schmidt. Sabine Schmidt. She's... She is, like, my spirit animal. That lady's done, like, 17,000 laps of the Nürburgring, crash more times than she can count. She, I'll have I mean, to look her up. And when I first saw she, her, she took over Jeremy Clarkson's role on English Top Gear for a while. Okay, I'll have yeah, to add her to my list of and awesome women. Back when I first started like watching her stuff, like she was younger and very attractive as well, so that didn't hurt. She's still attractive. She is still like, She's especially like, for her okay, age, so very very attractive. My, my Ryan knows all my favorite, but I, I do have to say Michelle Maton. Okay. She's a rally B driver. Group she, B rally. She group did B uh, rally. Audi. Uh, she did Audi. Okay. Um, she is the background of my phone. I don't know if I can. Uh, just hold it up to that. She she's my. Oh, you phone can see her. Yeah, you can yeah. see her. Um, cool. I mean, you can bring it way up there too. If you and want. she's right. also. Otherwise, I'll have to Google it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll add up a picture of. Yep, you can see her clearly. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's. I always have her because, like, I don't know, she did rally racing, which is, like, one of my favorite well, sports. Well, especially Group B. Well, she also added the IMSA, or she she raced the IMSA Quattro that we saw. Yeah. That raced at, um... <laughs> <laughs> she she raced the, the IMSA Quattro as well. Yeah. Um, in, in America, the one that broke IMSA, basically. It just ruined... IMSA. Yeah, so, so she's really cool. She's I, really good at racing. Is this a separate car. person? The, no, 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 group B person? no, no, it's the same lady. She also raced the IMSA Quattro. Oh, oh, yeah. the one that broke Im, like IMSA racing as a whole. Yeah, like, like, like that. That like those lap ru- times are not plausible. They it literally ruined the series after yeah. her. Um, oh. And then it, I think everyone at this point knows that I love Ayrton Senna and Nikki Lauda. 
That's not that not as much as Ayrton said. Like my entire this song. entire laptop. I like Senna's philosophy for sure. This entire laptop is full of photos of Ayrton Senna. That's kind of creepy. Yeah, it's it was. She's it's like bad. really about Ayrton Senna. I, well, he died in 1994. I know. know the year I was born, so wow. it's so really old. problematic. Um, so I guess I would say my <laughs> favorites. Ayrton Senna's up there. I'm. You didn't give Nikki Lauda any love, so I'm gonna say Nikki Lauda is up there. I do like Nikki Lauda. I also like James Hunt, but yeah, that's like, also because um, Chris Hemsworth played. <laughs> Who's that Finnish rally <laughs> driver guy? The older dude. Stig Blumquist. No. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to. The one out. Finnish rally driver. Well, sorry, he was on Top Gear. He taught James May how to rally in a 190. Stig Blomqvist. No, it's not him. Was was it not him? No. Um. But no, there's uh. Micah Hakkinen. Oh, yeah, Micah Hakkinen. Yeah, he's, I, I like him. I like him. him. Yeah. Um, but no, I think I, mm-hmm. I do want to shout out a couple of Japanese drivers that nobody in America really pays attention to. Um, mm-hmm. Nobuteru Tanaguchi. Nob Tanaguchi. He does the Japanese version of Top Gear called uh, Hot Version now. Best Motoring Hot Version. That two. is such a Japanese name. I know, right? But um, Best Motoring Hot Version. But yeah, yeah no, uh, Nob Tanaguchi. Mm-hmm. Uh he was one of the guys that brought drifting to the United States, but he's actually a really, really good um, uh, endurance racer. Okay. So he um, he races the Petronas uh, AMG GTR. Okay. So he races that. Um, hmm. And then uh, Kaichi Sachi, everybody knows him. Um, famous. Uh, Can we quick play some Eurobeat? No. <laughs> Kaichi Sachia, I actually I really like just because mm-hmm. of what he's done, like with Mazdas and Toyotas. Mm-hmm. Um, he also raced uh, Toyota um, in the Super Taiku Championship as well, which is a uh, uh, Japanese touring car. I want to update my answer to the dude with the gigantic wheelbarrow balls that rode the BMW Supercharged motorcycle. Yes, that guy's up there. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. <clears throat> Who was the girl? For uh, too fast, too furious. Oh, Went in the pink car. Suki. Yes. She, she's a Korean model. She's not a race car driver. <laughs> uh-huh. I like her. <laughs> but um, no, that I mean, there's just so many people through history. Nan- Nigel Man- Mansell, him and his mustache with his eyebrows are the same size of his mustache. Uh, he's Anyone that wore a leather helmet. Can we count Burt Reynolds? No, but we can count Richard Petty, NASCAR driver. He Paul also, Newman. Paul no, Newman school. No, but um, actually, I'm gonna say Richard Petty's up there too for one of my favorite race car drivers of all time. That's, the only Petty name I know is Tom Petty, and that's very. Oh, uh, Richard Petty. <laughs> if you Google him, he looks exactly what you imagine a NASCAR driver to look he like. He looks like he was oh. a, a, a super Ricky just, Bobby. No, just no, leathery tan with a huge mustache and thin with like a huge cowboy hat. I'm pretty sure he raced in a cowboy hat. He hmm. looks like the coach from uh, Cars, like Lightning McQueen's uh, I never saw Cars. Oh. Here, let me... Uh, well, Lightning McQueen's coach Can, can you just Google of a picture of Richard Petty? This guy also, like, the older he gets, the cooler he gets. Um, but uh, he's got an amazing racing pedigree. Um, I mean, he's kind of like... Oh, my word. Yeah. He looks like a really hick... Jeff Foxworthy mixed with Burt Reynolds. Exactly. Like that that's what you think of when you think of a NASCAR driver <laughs> is Richard Petty. Yeah, I, I cannot imagine America. any fully formed English word being shot out of that mouth hole. Yeah, he's got a very thick Georgian accent. Uh but uh, no, he's also honest. websites need to go die and kill themselves. But yeah, uh 
of all the... I did not want a goddamn autoplay video, you piece of shit. I wanted a anyway, fucking Anyway, let's get picture. off this website. Um, yeah, anyway, no, that's a tiny photo, which is best the internet can give us. There you go. Yeah, Richard Petty, honestly, probably the coolest race car driver I've ever met. Like, really down to earth. He's like multi, multi, multi-millionaire and won like everything in NASCAR. Um, you know the Dodge Charger Daytona? The one that all the muscle car fanboys are all about with the giant wing and the pointy nose? Isn't that a Plymouth Roadrunner? Same thing. They literally are the same thing. Oh, okay. Um, I have no idea. It's Superbird, by the way. Whatever. But yeah, no, he's the guy that raced that car. Okay. And he, like, continued racing, like, up into the 80s. Like, he's as old as shit when he was still racing, so. Hmm. He had overlap with Dale Earnhardt in the 80s, so it's like, <laughs> that's how old he was. Like <laughs> Basically, if you mix sand with dirt and silica, that's yeah, he, roughly he the age yeah. He was this man. old and just kept racing. There's and photos that's of I, him in my Earth history book. Yeah, I, that's, that's I what I appreciate him for, because that guy is racing anthrop- career. Anthropological study. That guy's yeah. racing career like ended like recently, <laughs> so uh, probably from like death too. No, he's even. still alive. He's just old what as the dirt. Fuck? I think he's the last surviving civil was he war. Born veteran. like eighteen seventy? No, I'm pretty sure he fought in the Civil War. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit! God I love damn Richard Petty. Confederates. <laughs> yeah, R- Richard Petty. He's definitely up there. Oh my word! <laughs> oh my word! Um, what's your favorite race series? Race series. Uh, mm, so I want to say it's probably going to be something like Champ Car. I'm so going to say vintage the budget car. racing. Vintage car racing. I really right like historic racing, yeah. but I do have to say Rally B because of Michelle. Group B Rally. Honestly, the more vintage races I go to and like how fucking cool all the people are that own those oh, yeah. cars, that's the main thing. Like I enjoy watching the budget mm. shit car racing, like yeah. Lemons and Champ Car and Champ Car and WRL a yeah. lot more. And I like the cars more in mm. those. But the people in vintage racing like walking through the paddock is a way better experience like everyone with their 500 e36s so they're just pricks yep. oh yeah horrible people and like all these multi-millionaires and their leather capped ball wheelbarrow <laughs> floor panned out pre-war you know, cars when you when you run to the person that has a maserati birdcage they're usually a pretty nice guy because you're the sort of person that spends four million dollars in a race car yeah for you to just play around with as your toy. Yep. You know, you're the sort of person that's not going to hide it away. You're not going to think it's anything that special. Yeah. You're going to be pretty down to earth. Like, that's that's kind of true. I mean, I I don't have anywhere near that kind of vin- cash. Vintage, but even... I will put Vintage Car over <coughs> any other racers. IMSA, NASCAR, Formula One, Formula E. I do feel like most of the, the racing events that I attempt to attend are Vintage Car related. Yeah. Yes. Those are by far and the even most... even, like... Okay, I drove the E30 M3 around this morning because I went to yeah. car shows with it. And I ended up putting a bunch of miles on it. And, like, I took it to Grimspeed yesterday, too. Met Balto and a bunch of yeah. other people. Yeah. And, like, the people that come up and, like, the questions they ask... I guess I'm to the point now where I'm, I, I will stay closer to the car so I can field that kind of question instead of just letting people do whatever with the car. But, like, I feel like I used to be more of a prick when I drove that thing and I was more worried about it. But, like... I kind of get where the people with these really expensive cars are coming from because they're yeah. like they're past the point where like yeah I spent this much you money don't care on it. anymore it's it's, it's like, lost the allure of just being this expensive thing. what they make versus what they spent on that vintage car versus what I make versus what I spent on the E30 M3 is roughly equivalent yeah. yeah so I'm like I think the mindset's probably fairly it, similar it, it is exactly that it's you you have this very cool thing and you're okay sharing your toy right um right 
I'm going to say one other racing series that I find very deeply exciting. I actually wrote about it on the Motor Cult blog. It okay. is um, Formula E. Yeah, that's up and coming and pretty cool. I, and the battery advancements and electrical motor stuff coming out of that is going to be super useful. Really, it's not even that. It's good mm-hmm. racing. It yeah. Formula E today is what Formula One was in the 90s. Yeah, no, that's very true. You even have the same names. Nigel Mansell's son. Nelson Pequit's son. Like... <laughs> Um, Look at how Alain Prost's son. <laughs> like, literally all of the children of our favorite race car drivers I don't are even in that series. That Where's the Senna? Oh. oh. Too soon? Senna's no. got kids. Does he? he yeah. Has. He has kids. I think they, they actually race? race. Yeah, they do. They do a Brazilian car. Do they do car. Formula E? No, they do. They Bra- should. They, uh, no, one had, uh, I, I think his name is like Bruno Senna. Yeah, Bruno Senna. He he was in Formula of One. Of course, for, he has kids. He's got yeah. the balls that emanate the Tesla yeah. juice yes. or whatever. Um, yes. Bruno raced Formula One, did all right, but he does Brazilian touring car. Surprisingly, very good series. Um, it's not surprising. I just picture Brazil being like almost on the verge of being on fire all the time, and like the people's personalities going along with it. Yeah, it, it's somewhere. It's somewhere between uh, Super V8, Australian Super V8 racing, another great series. Supercar, love uh, Supercar. V8 Supercar. <clears throat> And DTM. It's somewhere between those two. It's really Honestly, cool. I was, um, There's the, actually um, a Brazilian touring car game on uh, Steam. I met um, that BMW M5 World Drift Record guy mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Super nice guy. And um, he, uh, he races a, a factory-prepared M235i touring car in, like, series in the United States. I'm like, I didn't know there were factory-sponsored what? touring car races here. Yeah. And I'm like, ah. It's super cool. Yeah, it's... Uh, and also BMWs dominate the fuck out of it. SCCA and IMSA do it. It's, uh, this must have been an IMSA the, race. It was, uh, I think it's actually uh, the WeatherTech uh, sports car series is what it is. The he is uh, sponsored by West Virginia University. Oh. Cool. And he, he went into it like, does anyone know why we're sponsored by West Virginia State University? And one of the persons said... Because those are the people that discovered the Volkswagen Auto Group Dieselgate scam. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly correct. So they're sponsoring BMW. <laughs> that is fantastic. That's awesome. <clears throat> Let's no, say, no, people have actually, a sense of uh, No, yeah, our, our touring car racing is actually really cool. Because they're actually, they're factory spec cars that are just prepared for racing, which is yep. exactly what it should be. Fun exactly. sidebar, if you go into Buffalo Wild Wings, you can request to watch these races, and they'll put them on the TV for you. They yes, have the network. we do that. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I've we done got that to watch F1 racing when they opened the one in Edina. We got like a free lunch, and they're the like big, big shot. Like I think owner of B Dubs yeah. was there to see how it was going, and he's like, "Do, do, do, do you, you guys want, want anything?" And then we're like, "That screen big," and he's like, "Yeah." And he did it, and we got a giant screen of F1, and we're like, yeah. Not, not only that, he goes, anything else? I'm like, I see we have NASCAR in that one. Can you put that on the smaller screen over there? <laughs> so like, He's like, yeah, sure, dude. <laughs> so, like, I don't think you could do it, like, on Sunday during oh, football. But if right. you go in, like, well, I mean, you know. The, one of the closest restaurants to my place of work currently, before the Potillo's opens, is Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. So yeah. I go there a fair bit with my coworker, Ryan, which you guys met at the uh, van show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He recognized and me by my voice, which anything. was a strange. He thing. recognized you, I think, mainly by your voice. Yeah. First off, yeah. yeah, because the podcast. But um, I can't recognize <laughs> anybody by their voice. Me neither. Oh, I can. 
I pick voices. I, a little out way bit, quicker but than like I couldn't hear it in like an open setting. It'd be like yeah. Yeah. no, I can't person. fucking do that. At I all. hear it. I don't and think I go, there's oh. any like F one going on in the middle of the day. I'm like I never know. Uh, not, not, in the middle, not in the middle of the day, but that's when you get touring cars. Because I go for yeah. lunch. Yeah, touring like, cars. Is there anything going on that's car related that isn't NASCAR? Please put that up. Yeah, I'm sure NASCAR will deal with. No, I'd rather watch sports ball than NASCAR. I think I respect NASCAR drivers. I do. I think we should. We should. Maybe not this episode, but uh, an episode talk about like what is wrong with NASCAR and what they can fix. Because NASCAR has entirely the ability to be really cool. Because if you ever go down to and like what Elko, one is doing wrong that NASCAR is doing right. Yes, at the same time. I, I think I think that's a good point. But like if you go down to like Elko and go down on Nas- September 29th for the fest or the Night of Destruction, if you guys want to go. Oh, dude, Jana's not down, but I will. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I'm meeting some coworkers down there. So I will absolutely go there because I love wa- that watching that. Uh, the 29th. Oh, the last yeah. Let me know I'm September. Yeah. yeah, she's going yeah. on archaeology. It's 4:30 to 9:30 p.m. right after the podcast, or perfect. we could do a podcast from there. Uh, that'd be perfect. <clears throat> and what's actually really cool about that is I'm actually going to a concert right after that. So let's make it happen. Perfect. Yeah, well, I am super about that because yeah. there is nothing more fun than watching what NASCAR should be, and that is going down to Elko and watching some like three tooth rednecks yep. race around their shitbox G body, yep, going like seventy five miles an hour yep. on some junkyard tires. Yep, that's exactly what it should be. I kind of want to like so excited. I want to trailer the E down there and do like spectator racing with it, but at yeah. the same time, cars get hit all the time down there, and I don't want to deal oh, with that. Yeah. Uh, you can't do the E, but you you could take is Brexit. No, Fuck. I won't be doing that. We need to get you like a Fiero with like a rotary in it or something. Or just put the K series and tune it up a bunch in the Brexit, and then just enjoy that car or another car. Anyway, I think uh, we've taken enough for listeners' time today. We've done an hour and a half almost. Yeah, so that's fine though, since we're all, we're not giving them a Wednesday. I guess that is true. <clears throat> um, what's yeah, we should um, I'm just gonna these cut it off on that. Yep, that's fine. Um, let's see. Is, is there anything else I want to add? Uh, interesting. It, oh, how about let's do a quick interesting engineering. I want to talk about this one because I'm actually writing an article on, about okay. this on sure. um, the Motor Cult website, uh, which will be going live sometime before I die. Um, I want to talk about <clears throat> Gaston de Casalou Lambao. Is that how you pronounce that? Gaston de Chasseloup Lubon. Thank you. I was pretty close yep, for not, not speaking not a bad. word of French. Not bad. Um, this is the first person ever to have a land speed record in a vehicle, like a self-propelled vehicle. Mm-hmm. So uh, he did it like back, like this is like 1880 or 1899, 1898. Um, it, but he and uh, this other um, Count from Belgium were having this gentleman's dispute that reset the land speed record seven times within two months of each other, and they actually were like, "Oh my god!" They spent like separate people, the two separate people that did this, and but the way they were doing it was um, they both had electric horseless carriages, and you know you've seen what a horseless carriage looks like, like in a museum. Like, they were going, like, 70 miles an hour with these with no brakes and a tiller. And they were figuring out, like, aerodynamics. So they figured out, like, how aerodynamics works. They figured out that if they squat down, they would go a little bit faster. Then that led to them making, like, torpedo-shaped bodies on them. 
And uh, um, eventually it was uh, Gaston Castellup uh, Lubau. He was also called the Electric Count, which is a great name. But he, um, he was the first one to do a torpedoed body. But then uh, this other uh, Belgian, um, this other Belgian uh, count, uh, Camille uh, Gentassi, mm-hmm. he, d- he realized that if he took the body, instead of just having it be torpedo shaped, if he had it cover some of the suspension, yeah. he, that it would make it faster. So he also invented the flat four. Or the flat floor, okay. Of, of race. Did cars. he also like put like the winglet shapes around like the suspension members or no? Um, no, he did not. These are. Uh, here's a picture of what it looked like. Oh, okay, that's way earlier than I thought. No, we're talking. I'm literally <laughs> talking like this is 1888, 1899. Like, um, Camille Gentassi, uh, he raced a Mercedes Simplex, which was like the first yep. race car that looked like kind of what a race car vaguely should look like. Yep. So like this is how early we're talking. Um, I'm but, amazed there were even photographs of any quality. Yeah, these were ones that he had to like sta- he had to like stand there for like 30 seconds for that picture. I think it's taken. like three minutes. That's why nobody was ever smiling in old photographs because the exposure time was can't multiple minutes. Um, here, John, <laughs> can you take this picture and sh- show it to the camera so the people watching on YouTube? The, this is a, a little bit closer. This is what we're talking about when I say it's a torpedo shape. Yeah, that is literally body. like it is, it's probably the shell of a torpedo. It literally looks like I think it was like actually like mm. it was two kegs with like a chimney top on each end. Back in the day, kegs were wood. I think that. Well, mm, you're right. It's like, but it's something that basically looks like okay. that though. But yeah, it was. Um, it was probably a military surplus one yeah, way or another. It, well, when they when they did that, it actually. It worked shockingly because when they <laughs> um, when they put those on, uh, sorry, it was not. It, it started out the very first speed record was forty nine miles per hour. That okay. was uh, the electric count, uh, Lambeau. Okay. Uh, but by the time they had gone with these uh, torpedo shaped bodies, doing no other modifications to the engine, yeah, just like deciding on what they want to eat for breakfast, <laughs> basically, which is nothing. It, the uh, in the third land speed or the third land speed record was sixty five point seven nine miles per hour <laughs> to like it was just like insanely fast that like if you think about it forty three to sixty five miles per hour just from a different shape of the body sure it's ridiculous well i mean that it makes perfect sense i mean you like look at all like the bicycling world records yes. And they're not these were just also, biking. They're like following a super aero car to eliminate wind resistance. These guys also did this on vehicles that were originally designed to go like maybe 10. Right. So, Lots of, six and a half Steve times Peterson the speed just bought to. a Series 1 Defender, and the thing maxes out at 35 miles an hour, and it's terrifying. Yeah. And it's Imagine awesome this. at the same time. Yeah. 65 miles per hour. Yep. Same and they've, sort of deal. They have a tiller. Mm. Oh yeah, and the tiller this is, is a designed, steering wheel, but it's yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, as a not, it's not really a steering wheel. It's literally a tiller. Um, yeah. The steering wheel wasn't invented for another five years after the final one of these records were, were made. But um, the thing is, when he with the tiller, ninety degrees is full lock. So ninety degrees will turn <clears> the wheels like forty five degrees over. Sure. So if you That's turn very, that tiller, it's a very fast ratio. Yeah, if you turn that tiller, you know too much like you turn it to 45 degrees yeah. that's, and it doesn't center either it does not self-center you have to physically hold there that. wasn't any caster to help you out yeah there's there not back in and the day. there's no suspension at all 
So these guys were like having this like tiller that is like very fast ratio and Is this why there was a increase of like children? Like, yes. You know, just everybody's <laughs> getting pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Yep. The, Ball, the balls. The human ball size was just yeah. exploding okay. through like automotive fish. racing. Is it, <laughs> they just, just spread I, their seed I just the area I dusted the cloud with of sperm it, over They them. would like <laughs> fart a cloud of sperm that women would pick up and that's what would happen. Somehow they were modified to receive that. Uh, anyway. But anyway, wow. both Gentasi and the electric count died from um basically this uh, the electric count got uh, terminally ill, um, and Gentasi, if I'm not mistaken, I think had like kidney failure or something uh, from like inducing a chemical on accident from one of these cars. So like they both died from this. Whoops! Like years later, but it was pretty funny. It was like really good story. This should be turned into a movie at some. Or point. from uh, developing the photos, basically from, like, the <laughs> yeah. lead plate or whatever the, that was. I feel like that should totally be a movie. Like, that'd be a great movie. It probably would be pretty good, It'd be good, a really, actually. really good movie. It'd be super interesting, and you could honestly probably turn it into, a, like, a good British comedy. Let's just hire the Monty Python people, yeah. and then <laughs> like, teach you, them how to drive. You know, like, a, a dry British comedy, like, not, not even Monty Python, but just, like, a, a solidly dry British comedy would be perfect for this. I... I don't know if I could watch that. I would totally watch it. Dry that. comedy. I, I mean, I produce a lot of Dude, it. Dude, haven't you ever seen, like, um, Best of Show? Best or Sideways? Show? No, Best of Show? Or no, Sideways? I've seen Sideways. I like yeah. that. Yeah, like, that's what I mean by dry comedy. Something like Sideways. That, that'd be a great idea, like, sort of comedy if somebody wanted to make this into a movie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, thank you very much for uh, listening to me uh, talk about pre-war cars. Oh, as by the way, uh, one, two, three, because it was pre War pre World War One and even pre the Spanish Americans just uh, pre war. everything basically uh, and also pre steering wheel so I, th- I think anything I talk about it doesn't have pre steering wheels pre World War One which is two dings that no no that, that was that, it was three dings because it's also pre like Spanish American War anyway on that bombshell with not <laughs> knowing how to dictate which pre war is which war we, we will catch you. you next week thank you very much for listening.